Welcome to the No Shame on You podcast, where we talk to mental health professionals, educators, and advocates. No Shame on You is a 501c3 organization dedicated to eliminating the stigma associated with mental health conditions and raising awareness. Our goal is for people who need help to seek it, for family members and friends to know how to provide proper support and to save lives. Now, here's your host, No Shame on You's founder and president, Miriam Ament. Welcome to the 25th episode of the No Shame on You podcast, an organization dedicated to eliminating the stigma associated with mental health conditions and raising mental health awareness. My name is Miriam Ament, and I'm the founder and executive director of No Shame on You. And today, we are thrilled to be joined by Rebecca Minkus-Lieberman, co-founder of Orote Center for New Jewish Learning. Hi, Rebecca. So wonderful to have you here. I'm glad to be here. Excited to be here. Thank you so much. Well, first, I want to ask, how have you been doing during these extraordinary times? Thanks for asking. Um, well, right now it's the the summer months. Um, and so it's been really wonderful to, after many months of cold and being inside, um, it's been really wonderful to be able to get outside um, and have more time out in nature. And I, you know, is reflecting on what the last 17 months or so have been like. I know each of us has experienced all of this very differently, but for for me, one of the silver linings, if we can use that term um, of this period, has been a renewed connection that I have felt to the natural world. Um, so I, you know, since the beginning of the pandemic, I found the the ability to even just step outside my door and sit and look at the trees, um, move outside of my house and listen to birds um, was extremely comforting. And I found a lot of solace in that. And so still now I, I feel like that's, that's been a real um, refuge and resource for me personally to be able to go for walks and go kayaking and um, just really connect to the quiet and the beauty of the natural world. So that's been, that's been a, a, a wonderful source of comfort. That's a nice way to look at it and a very positive spin on, on, you know, a, a difficult, uh, 17 months, um, but that's a really nice way to look at it. And I think we all should think about connecting. Cause I know in the mental health world, nature, uh, being in nature and, and, and experiencing nature can, can do wonders for one's mental health. So that's a really nice way to look at it. So, um, Transitioning into your background, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your background, including your social action work, and how you came to be the co-founder of Orote? Sure. So Orote is based in the Chicago area, and I am a lifelong resident um, of the Chicago area, having been born and grown up in in various suburbs, um, Skokie, and now I live in Deerfield. Um, So I think my, my roots have been deeply planted in this area, and um, after college, when I came back, um, you know, and I started teaching in Jewishly in the community, I think returning back to the roots, my, the relationships that I had, the long-term relationships that I had in the community here, um, was really, um, was really a, a spring, a well for me. And, um, and so after college, I came back and really kind of rejoined the Jewish community here and began to teach in, lots of different settings, um, different settings in schools and synagogues and different Jewish institutions. And I've been doing that for, 
gosh, I don't know, probably close to 25 years now in the Chicago oh. area. Um, and that's, that's dating myself. That's saying how old I am, I guess. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and actually, so I, and I have three children and really when my youngest started kindergarten, he's now 12, but when he started kindergarten is when I began to think about, um, okay, well, I want to keep teaching. I want to keep learning. Um, I'm deeply committed to the Chicago Jewish community. Um, how can I use what I love to serve the Jewish community? And I think that's when the seeds of Orot started to, you know, kind of emerge and, and be, you know, settled. And, um, and so about eight, eight and a half years ago, I reached out to several different educator friends of mine. There were initially five of us who co-founded Orot together. And we all came together with a vision of starting a home for Jewish learning that was less about information and more about transformation. Um, we really felt at that time that there was a gap in the kind of Jewish learning landscape in the, in the Midwest, um, which is it's changed in the past seven years since Orot has existed. Um, there's been a lot of wonderful, interesting, progressive, innovative ventures. But at the time, um, we really felt like there was something missing and we wanted to try to fill that gap. And so we started Orot seven years ago. It'll be seven years in September that we opened the doors of Orot. And the goal was really to create a new paradigm for what it means to learn Jewishly, a paradigm that was um, accessible to anyone, that was personally relevant and meaningful to people's lives, and that you know opened up Jewish wisdom and Jewish teachings in ways that were not just um, uh, you know focused on people's heads, but really met people in their hearts and their bodies and their, the, the wholeness of their lives and the way they live their lives and their relationships. Um, and so we wanted to open up multiple pathways in to Jewish meaning for people in ways that would be nourishing and, um, and transformative for people's lives. So that's, yeah, that's kind of the, the backstory of what I wrote. That's really nice. That's a beautiful uh, backstory <laughs> and really nice to hear because I actually didn't know all that. Um, can you, can you uh, elaborate more on, on the type of offerings that a road has? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, you know, as I was saying, one of the kind of key pieces of our vision of a road is that there is no one right way to live Jewishly, to find Jewish meaning, that there are multiple manifold ways of doing that. And so one of the things we do at Orot is, is intentionally open up multiple portals, kind of entry points into Jewish meaning. And the way that manifests itself in our offerings is that we have um, programs that are centered in Jewish mindfulness meditation, programs that are centered in Jewish music, in Jewish art, in Jewish text, in Jewish reflective writing, in Jewish embodied practice. Um, so our offerings are varied and they're always changing. It's, it's nothing static, um, which, you know, makes it always interesting and always evolving. Um, but our programs always, you know, grounds Jewish wisdom at the center and then integrate all of these different practices. So you might come to an Arote class and there will be um, a Jewish teaching that's at the center. And then there will be some creative writing exercises. There'll be some quiet meditation. If you're coming to an embodied spiritual practice, there will be movement, yoga postures. Um, 
and so we we really we have kind of an experimental um, and very open-minded lens when we design our programs. Um, we try lots of different things and we really, we try to be as responsive as possible to where our community is at, what they need, um, what they're looking for spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Um, and we try to meet people where they're at and kind of, you know, guide them to where they're hoping to go. So there's really, there's no one pathway to a road. There's multiple pathways and we try to make them available to anyone who's interested. That's awesome. That's really great. And um, when you talk about pathways, I noticed your uh, the mission of a road talks about cultivating transformative habits of body, heart, and mind. And I was wondering if you could um, tell us about any transformations that you've seen in some of your constituents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as I was saying, like when, when we design a learning experience at O'Road, we we intentionally want the experience to speak to the whole of who we are as human beings. Um, we're not just a head. We're not just a body, right? Where we move through the world and we relate to the world and to the people in our relationships with all of those pieces of ourselves. So, um, so we really are very intentionally focused on that. Um, and I think in all of our classes, we don't shy away from helping people ask the big questions that, are bubbling up in their lives. Um, we try to make space in our classes, very safe, trusted space for people to ask those questions, explore possible ways of thinking about the questions. Um, but, and we do that through these kind of relational communities that we build in our classes and in our programs. So, um, there are certain rituals or certain practices that we integrate into our classes that allow for people to um, listen differently, um, both to themselves and to others in their lives, um, ways of communicating, of speaking. Um, we introduce different rituals that people can use in their daily lives, different practices they can use when they wake up every morning or when they go to bed at night. Um, when they eat something, right? I mean, Judaism, you know, the, the, the gift of Judaism, one of the gifts of Judaism is that there's, it's, it's filled with beautiful spiritual tools that can help people develop these transformative habits of body, heart, and mind. Um, mm -hmm. and what we've seen in our classes is that as we, builds these communities in our classes and we introduce different teachings, we introduce different practices to try out, um, people open to them and then begin to experiment in their lives with them. They begin to um, try things differently, to see things differently, to hear things differently. And really what we've seen from you know the, our students sharing stories of what has begun to shift is that um, that these shifts begin to take place in people's lives, in their relationships that they have, in the stories that they tell themselves about their lives and about where they belong and what they're doing and what their work in the world is. Um, the lenses begin to change. Um, and, and we see in our students that there's often a kind of a softening and an opening up and a noticing that changes. Um, and when that starts to happen internally, because we, you know, the focus is always on the self initially um, in our classes and programs, not because we think the self um, is the end all and be all, but we understand that if we take the time and we have the tools to nourish ourselves in the ways that we need, there will be ripple effects into right. 
our relationships, into the work we're doing in the world, into, you know, our, our, just our sense of belonging, our sense of, of confidence and security and overall wellness. So, um, that's, that's how we, how we understand like the potential impact of the work we're doing and, and what we see play out in a lot of our students' lives. Right. That's really neat. And it sounds like there are so many takeaways from your classes that it's not just you have a class and then people leave. It's you give people the tools to manage and navigate the daily um, stuff that comes up and and sort of approach things in a new way, which I think is really, really awesome. Um, Along those lines, you sort of touched on this, but I'm wondering um, from a mental health perspective, how do you think opening these paths pathways to Judaism really helps people. You talked about wellness and well-being. Have you seen specifically in the mental health, uh, from a mental health perspective, where someone who maybe came in and while they may not have told you they were depressed, you noticed a mood, you know, their mood was boosted or that kind of thing. Have you seen any of that or anxiety lessening or that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yes, definitely. And especially in this past year with dealing with COVID and the uncertainty and the isolation and the, the pain and everything that was, you know, part of this past year and a half for us all. Um, we found that the the classes and programs that we were offering were more important than ever to our students. They were really a life raft for many of them. And, you know, the way that shows up often in our programs is that, you know, we, as I said, there are steps, there's very kind of intentional steps that we build into um, an O-Road program and building of a community, um, a safe, trusted community that has certain parameters with that are in place in kind of this, you know, this framework that we have um, makes it such that people begin to understand that they are welcome in the wholeness of who they are. So if they are struggling with depression, if they're struggling with anxiety, if they're feeling more darkness than lights, you know, at the time that the whole of themselves is invited into the community of learning. Um, and no one is forced to share if they don't want to share, right? right? There's there's all of these kind of protocols that we put into place in our programs so that people feel they can show up in whatever way they need to show up. And there's the expectations are only what they bring to it, right? We're not, we're not expecting anything from them other than that they, you know, that, that they find what they're looking for, that they open themselves to what they're hoping to find. Um, And I think that some of the, the key tenets of our programs that are really come from the mindfulness meditation world and the mindfulness um, framework um, this idea of a kind of the cultivation of openness, um, of non-judgmental awareness of what's going on right now, right? Without projecting into the past or into the future. Um, right. These are all kind of key central frameworks that we use in our programs. So I think sometimes when people are struggling with mental health issues, um, it's it can show up as um, rumination, as getting caught in a certain, getting stuck in a certain story, a certain way of um, looking at themselves, of looking at the world, of looking at where they find themselves, the situation they're in. And that, and that um, you know, I think by cultivating in our programs uh, a radical kind of openness and acceptance to whoever you are, wherever you are, um, you know, that there are multiple ways of relating to things there are multiple ways of thinking of believing. Um, I also think the fact that we at wrote, we celebrate um, asking questions more than finding answers. 
um, in, in a certain way opens people to letting go of the things that make them feel stuck sometimes that there's just a softening, right. That, that like, that people open themselves to over time in, in our classes. And, um, and I think especially this year, because there was so much uncertainty and like not knowing, right. That we all dealt with. Um, I mean, we, we addressed that head on in our classes. I mean, we talked about, you know, look, let's look at some Jewish texts and teachings that talk about what does it mean to not know? Um, and how do we deal with that? And how do, you know, how do spiritually, how do we navigate that? Um, what does that look like for us? And so I think just making the space for people to, to have those conversations and to be real about what was going on was, um, we, we heard from our students was really helpful. It sounds like it. And also it sounds like you provide such a, a, a new and different framework for people to look at the world. And along those lines, no shame on you is really excited to be collaborating on our upcoming series, uh, Coming Home to Ourselves, a series for the high holidays. And I wanted to know if you could give people a sneak peek um, into what participants can expect from this three-part program. Yeah, sure. We're excited about it, about partnering with No Shame on You on this. Um, I mean, we each year at Oro, we really look forward to the month of Elul, which is the month that's kind of the lead up to the high holidays, to Rosh right. Hashanah, Yom Kippur. And um, in the Jewish calendar, Elul is such a gift because it gives us a chance to, rather than just like arriving at Rosh Hashanah and being like, oh my God, this is supposed to be meaningful and I don't know what this is about. Um, Elul is our opportunity to kind of slowly walk our way towards the new year. So in this series for the high holidays that we're really excited about, um, we're going to use the opportunity, the, the month of Elul, um, to really begin to ask, ask the questions that maybe we're, are somewhere deep within ourselves, but we haven't had the time, the space, the community, the energy to um, let them surface and make themselves known. Um, and that's really what we're going to try to do during this, this series. Um, the classes will be a combination of some study of Jewish teachings, um, many taken from the Hasidic tradition because they're the Hasidic teachings are often um, really so beautiful and this offer this kind of psycho-spiritual way of thinking about the world. Um, the classes will integrate some mindfulness practice, some reflective exercises, some um, writing exercises and uh, shared conversation about where we are right now after this past year, as we move into the new Jewish year, you know, what, what we're hoping to make more central in our lives in the coming year, what we're hoping to let go of. Um, and it's really just going to be kind of a, you know, an opportunity to make the time and space to come together and prepare ourselves for the new, the new Jewish year that's coming. Right. No, that sounds amazing. I'm, I'm really excited for it. And I think reflecting, I agree with you that Elul, it really is one of the gifts of Judaism because it's, it's wonderful to have time to reflect and really think about our past year and how we can improve upon ourselves in the future and, and how we can navigate things differently and all that. So it sounds like this class is going to be very helpful in those pursuits. Um, can you tell us um, where people can find you and anything else you want to share about, uh, or, or where people can find Orot and anything else you want to share about Orot? Yeah, so um, you can always look at our website, um, which is www.orotcenter.org. 
Um, and there you'll find all the different classes, programs, workshops that, you know, you might want to take part in. We have all different sorts of offerings all the time. Some are six-week classes, some are one-shot workshops. Um, we also have um, a bunch of free classes and programs. We have um, weekly meditations that are available to the community at no charge on Tuesday nights and Friday mornings. Um, we have yoga programs that are coming up. So there's, there's always different things and you can sign up to our website to get our, our newsletter that gives offers all of the announcements. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Um, I'm so excited to see all the offerings that you have coming up and I'm particularly excited about our collaboration and I'm so honored that you, um, took the time to, to be with us today when I know you have a lot going on. Oh, I'm, I'm so grateful that you asked. I was happy to be here. Thank you so much. I'll have a good rest of the day.